we left your office. I'm looking especially healthy today. Stop. I don't. It does bad things. Like, I get a shiver, like, the gross shiver down my spine. Welcome to the Reverend uh, Stitch. No. I don't like the Reverend Stitch anything. Why do you insist on torturing us? Hey, hey, hey. I like Dr. Mask. Face. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> For your own good. Masky McMask face. Masky Ma- Mr. Mask face. Yep. Was it Mr. or Dr. Mask face? Mr. Dr. Mask face the third. Hi, all our buddies. Welcome to uh, Semi Automagic Inc. And you know what? That's I us. think we're going to. That's us. I think we're going to break with tradition and answer our piece of uh, fan mail first this week. <laughs> this comes from uh, longstanding fanboy to the stars, Max, on Facebook. And Max asks. Why, Casey, do you begin every episode declaring that you are the DM, quote, for your sins? (laughs) (laughs) The answer, Max, (laughs) is that I believe in a universe that essentially balances itself out, and so... (laughs) In order for me to find myself in the circumstances I now inhabit, I must have done something to deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Semi-Automagic Inc., uh, a regularly produced series of audio sounds now, about are you, magic. Are you implying that DMing this show for us is, is literal is hellish torture? It's burning off my sins. One episode at a time. One episode at a time. It's cleansing. It's it's purification through suffering. It's catharsis in the purest sense. No, I love this so, so much. And I I love you goons. And I love all our listeners. And this is fun. We haven't been able to record in a long time, listeners. This is, as a matter of fact, the very first podcast. This is history. This is the very first podcast of any kind ever in the history of the world featuring the lawfully wed Mr. and Mrs. Thony and Jackie No Last Name. Way. <laughs> yep. There. This is the most lukewarm response to anyone's marriage I've ever heard. Because we have a last name, and we've been saying our last name since the first episode. Also, they've yeah. been married for like two weeks. It's like old news. Yeah, they've been, yeah, been married. We have been married for almost four weeks. Give me an hour count. Has has it been that long? It's been a long time. We've been, in two days, we'll oh, have been yeah. married for a month. Wow. Congratulations. What are you getting not- me? <laughs> No longer. I got you the gift of no longer living in sin, so you're welcome. (laughs) Oh, Tony needs to get me something for our month anniversary. What are you gonna get me? I'm broke. Yeah, that's. I give you the house over our head and food for the and food for the week and gas and internet and electricity. (laughs) I like that you're still not making commitments longer than a week. Let's get up in here. All right. In any event, let's jump right back into this. So last time uh, on this, um, <laughs> uh, Rowan and uh, Byron Spencer, uh, 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 Solomon Byron, that guy. Uh, <laughs> You're just all took, flustered. My podcast and muscles are atrophied and achesome. I got to rub some Bengay all up in here. Uh, they took a little trip courtesy of Mr. Dr. Emperor Bismarck, uh, down to St. Skinner's Bar and Grill 
and hospital. And uh, that's the part you're focusing on. And uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of folks met um, actual Neil Young and a creature that answers to the name Reverend Stitch, which was a lot of fun. And uh, Solomon, to I, I think everyone's surprise and delight, um, turned down what was admittedly a, a pretty shady bargain I mean, uh, intended he's, to. He's a philosophy professor. Like, he, he holds his ideals pretty close to his chest, right? He has to be able to reconcile ends and means. And, and I respect that. That's, uh, I was very proud of you in that moment. Like, I know we don't, we don't take this, like, too seriously, but you were really playing your character, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, and stuff went bad. So now, <laughs> sure we did. are, go- it real, real did. Uh, so now we're going to cut back to the Westfield Carter Hotel, where uh, P.F. Chang and Pierogi Dalai Lama have just finished up their uh, their continental breakfast and are proceeding to do a little arcano geography research. It's just pancakes in the shape of North America. There it is. That's my buddy. You just sit there and think about what you've done. I want I five solid seconds of silent Dylan shaming. Go. How did that feel? It's not great. <laughs> How did you felt for the listeners? Probably awkward, and also not like it was five seconds, because that's getting cut. <laughs> was the, I Look, to, to, to deal with the patches of silence in the show, I have to run it through a bot that uh, truncates the silence because otherwise it's just me going through and doing it myself, and that just takes a lot of time. Reasonable. Also, if my list, if the listeners are anything like myself, they listen on speed and a half, so it wouldn't have been five seconds anyway. There you go. Uh, so, um, PF Chang, you and Pierogi Dalai Lama are down there in the cantina, and you've uh, scrambled up your your breakfast detritus uh, into one of the gaping mouths of the uh, dishwasher pelicans. Um, she turns to you and says, so are you ready to get started? You ready to, you ready to get some magic science going? That sounds really sig- But either way, I'm down. Fair enough. I ship us. Anyway. So, <laughs> all right, is there anything you want to do before we get started? Because we're going to be down in the lab for a while. Like, don't, don't you run a local business? How, how's that going? Um... Well, I haven't seen plumes of smoke from that direction, so I assume things are going pretty good. Back to magic beans and the fairies. It's it's like Lord of the Flies. Yeah, just just Diane has is holding up the skull that she found out back. It may or may not be sketchy, Dave's. <laughs> he wasn't using it. All right. Uh, so she says, "All right, man, let's uh, let's get our science on." And she gets this this gleam in her eye that you've come to associate with with her talking about science. Um, you guys head down to the lab floor of the WC, which is where the go there circle was, and which is where Solomon went through his uh, trials and tribulations, much to the delight of the listening public. Uh, um, yeah, you guys get down, and it turns out that old uh, Pierogi Dalai Lama has a lab of her own, which which branches off the main Mwatsas, and it looks 
it it looks like Mulder's office looks, but if everything was snapped to a grid. So it's not chaotic. It's very organized. It's just crammed full of stuff. Okay. And all of it is relating to mysterious geography and geology and, like, mountains that disappeared. And the one time France turned blue for a week and just all kinds of mysterious mysteries. And she says, okay, so they go over to a, a light box table and she she calls up the diagram that you guys are absolutely sick of seeing by now. And she says, all right, so we've got these three primary points. We all know Theodore Preston, January Oleander, Joel Heck, who was a very nice man. I'm very sorry about his quarry, but that's what you get when you deal with monsters. And then we've got these intermediary points here that seem to represent these spirits or these agents of the throne of mist or whatever the hell Alta Zephyr and the Huntress and Mother Harvest were. So we've been looking into these locations and they don't seem to have any particular significance here in in the greater Landport Landian megalopolitan area. But they might be more significant in fairy. So, would you be comfortable doing a little research in the Never Never with me? Which, again, not as suggestive as I meant it to sound, but... Both, yes. Fair enough. <laughs> let's rock and roll. Alright, um, let's go see a man about going there. And you guys uh, stroll out of her office and into the office of one Desmond Yonwood, who is currently at his workbench, um... Holtzman style, just just devices and Tesla coils everywhere, just going crazy. And she says, Desmond, my man. Oh, gosh, hope the Dalai Lama is great this year. I really wish you wouldn't call me that. Is that not your name? No, no, it's not. Okay, well, that's what everybody calls you. Anyway, what can I, what can I do for you? And she says, all right, so you told me a little while ago that you think your go there circle might be able to give us a glimpse into some other places. Oh yeah, it could look at we can make it a looky there circle. Real easy. That'd be no problem at all. <laughs> Just look through the circle. I hate okay. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against Desmond Yonwood? <laughs> uh a lot now. <laughs> Alright. Okay. So we're doing some research in these areas here. And we're going to need to get a glimpse into the never-never. Do you think that this this would be able to help us out with that? Oh, yeah, I don't see that being a problem. So I can't take you straight through the never-never, because that would be ridiculous. Can't just tear through the walls of space and time. What am I, the Cubs? What's up? You can't. I Well, most uh, can you? That remains to be seen. Move on. Fair enough. Anyways... <laughs> So I think we can use the go there circle to go you there. And then once you're there, we can use another technology I've been using here, this limited extension astral projection or the leap. And that'll be able to project you in the ferry for a very short duration uh, expedition that you might be able to use to gather some information. Does that sound good? That sounds pretty good to me. What about you? You up for a ghost trip to ferry? Yes. Cool. All right. So, I think we're going to start with the uh, the the top left one here. And she, she pulls up a map and shows it to Desmond. 
It says, we're going to go, because this is the one we dealt with most, recent, most recently, Mother Harvest. So we're going to go to this place right here. And I think we discovered that corresponds to, like, I don't know, like an old industrial site or something. I, I don't know. I'm not really interested in where it is in the real world. No, yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. All right. So they, they talk over um, logistics for a moment. And then uh, Desmond directs you guys over to the Go There Circle. And you step inside, and the thing powers up a little bit, and it goes uh, a thrum of power suffusing the air. He says, all right, you guys might want to hold on to something. And both of you look around. There is nothing in the circle to which one could hold. I hold on to Peroa. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. She holds on back. She says, all right, Desmond, I, they seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, it's still a good idea. Have fun, bye. And he, uh... <laughs> He hits, uh, he hits the big old button marked go there. And, uh, much as before the world dissolves around you, much as in a, uh, an, an RPG battle transition screen, just, uh, <laughs> pixel, exactly, do, do, pixelation, uh, the world around you being replaced piece by piece, uh, with, what indeed does appear to be some sort of ruined uh, industrial site. And the difference between when you were last transported by Go There Circle and this this trip is that when you land on the ground, the circle maintains itself around you, uh, inscribed in very angular script that looks a lot like circuitry. Um, so there's still a circle of light surrounding you guys. And she says, okay, now, hey, Desmond, she reaches up and, um, grabs hold of one of her earrings. She says, all right, so Desmond, as long as we stay in this circle, we should be safe when we project into the never-never, right? Says, uh, I don't know that I'd put the words safe and never-never together, like any, ever, in ever context, but, uh, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. All right, well, activate the leap, and we'll see what's cooking in fairy. He says, all right, I'm going to light this candle. And you hear him struggling with matches. This is my favorite joke, and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> he activates some other process, and the... the I, I, okay, you know what? I don't know what makes you think I won't dissolve your marriage, Jackie. I'll do it right now. <laughs> I'm going to lord this over you guys until the day I die. Uh, the runes... Take Tony. <laughs> The ruins forming the circle surrounding you guys uh, turn a neon violet and begin to spin around you very quickly. Uh, a sparkly field of shining motes begins to emit from the lines of the circle traveling upward. And after they have passed, you can see that the world around you is now a very, very different place. When you landed in this area, you looked around and saw that it was, in fact, a ruined industrial site of some kind, like an old factory or something, and there were great rusted bones of machinery and buildings left to rot and ruin, um, and these forms are mirrored in the Never Never, except it's trees and broken stone and Every skeletal ruin from the real world, the prime material plane, is echoed in fairy in some natural way. 
Uh, it is nighttime here in the Never Never, and you see on the horizon the most absolutely ridiculously enormous full moon you have ever seen in your life. It takes up probably a good third of the sky. Um, Perugia Dalai Lama. Crazy. What's up? That the tides here are fucking crazy. Uh, you know, it's interesting you should say that. There's actually an old legend that the moon misses being part of the earth, misses being inside the sea because, you know, it was once part of the landmass under the Pacific Ocean. So that's been one of the metaphysical explanations for tides is that they're two lovers reaching across space trying to reconnect and never quite being able to touch. And I never gave it much truck until just now because I'm a magic scientist. But uh, let me tell you, a moon that big makes me question a lot of things. <laughs> she reaches up to her earring. So Desmond, um, and as she reaches up, you see that her hand is outlined in this uh, same sparkling purple fairy fire. So can we can we leave a circle? Can we like move around or what's going on? Uh huh. And I just realized, Jackie, that you and Desmond Neon would have not connected your speakeasies. Um, nope. Nope. So just okay. H- hold on, real quick. And she grabs her other earring with her left hand, and says, "Hey, hey, high five. High five. Woo. And there is a um snap, <clears throat> and a little a little voice, a Ryan Bailey's voice actually says, <laughs> "You have added a friend on the Speakeasy Network. Please, Hi. if you like our services, leave a rate and review on on Magic Tunes." <laughs> How do I, Desmond? How do I stop recording? Oh, okay. And then it just cuts out. <laughs> um, and you and you hear Desmond say, "Yeah, as long as you guys, okay, you you have to get back in the circle to leave the Never Never, but you should be safe because it's just your astral forms projecting. Don't try not to get in any fights. I don't know what magic can do to you, to your souls here, but physically speaking, like if you fall down, it shouldn't hurt. Okay, cool. All right." Well, uh, Miss Fiona, let's find the highest rock I can and jump off of it. That's that sounds about right. Okay, the highest rock is right over there. It is. It is. It looks conveniently climbable. I uh, I climb it and I jump off. Okay, you fall <laughs> down uh, three hundred <laughs> feet and uh, flop on the ground outside the circle. And it does not hurt at all. You kind of just stop moving. That's pretty dope. I'm going to try. And uh, Pierogi Dalai Lama scrambles up the same way. And she uh, assumes a very graceful diving posture. And uh, just springs off and pulls off a sick triple Gaines cow emulsion uh, landing perfectly beside you. That's pretty dope. I don't think you know what any of those words. Excuse me. Were you a professional... uh, Gymnastic. <laughs> anyway, Casey, <laughs> what's up? Are you all right, Casey? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. So, okay. She says, "All right. Well, I think we should probably do a little bit of research here and find out what's going on." Um, in my experience of the Never Never, it's a world of symbolism, and the form and the function are often the same thing. So, seeing something as prominent as that big moon, uh indicates to me something we should probably pay attention to. So you want to head that way? Sure. Cool. All right, you guys uh, stroll that away. 
there is a chill breeze flittering through the air, and there are just tidal waves of dead leaves piled up everywhere, uh, except for a relatively clear path that widens toward the moon. Uh, all of these bare and leafless trees looming around you in a not entirely friendly fashion. Occasionally you hear small scutterings uh, from the mist, but when you look, there is no movement. Uh, as you progress, you, you see that the area is slowly changing to a more developed aesthetic. There are great stone slabs forming uh, something like a floor. There are broken pillars and, and shattered buildings, all of rough hewn stone uh, that appears to be brown, like some kind of sandstone, um, with floral and leaf motifs. Uh, littered across the ground are bodies, dozens and dozens of bodies. Uh, ranging from the size of a small ogre, so like eight or nine feet, uh, all the way down to little tiny fairies. And Progi Dalai Lama, upon seeing these, is instantly on guard, because corpses are rarely a good thing. And she says, okay, these look like, um, and forgive me if this is offensive, but these look like your kind of people. Um... You think you could you could possibly figure out like do you, are you getting any kind of vibe of what, what's 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 going on here? And indeed, you have been feeling a sense of harmony with your fey nature, as if it's like the feeling I get when I go to Oregon. It's <laughs> like you. No, I get that feeling. I, I feel I, that when I go to Cape Cod. There you go. You know what's up. <laughs> And there's something kind of wriggling at the back of your mind, uh, trying to articulate itself. Um, it's having difficulty doing so because you're wading through a tide of bodies, but something about this place feels very, very familiar to you. Uh, a little, a little skibber scabber of motion, uh, catches your eye actually just in front of you and you catch a tiny form darting into one of the broken buildings. Did you see that? Did you see that? That wasn't just me? No, that I saw that too. I I guess we should follow it. I mean maybe. Everything else here seems to be dead. Um and she she pokes at a nearby medium human sized creature. Uh she kind of flops it over and its wings crumpled but still beautiful like those of a dragonfly uh unfold. She says, I don't feel like these guys can have, like, been dead for very long. Like, I'm no arcano biologist, but they don't seem to be, like, decayed or, or, or anything. They just, I don't know. And she, she kicks it progressively harder until, <laughs> until finally she, she just rears back her leg and just gives it a good whack. She's like, yeah, that's dead. That's, that's as dead as anything I've ever seen. All right. Yeah. I guess let's go see what that was. You guys approach the, um, the broken house. Uh, for aesthetic wise, I'm kind of picturing Rivendell a little bit in that yeah. it's got a very open floor plan, a uh, lot of nature, a lot of integration with the trees and natural features of the area. 
so you enter this home, the arch of which is made by two saplings that have uh, bent and grown toward one another to form an archway. And inside, uh, you find a small, cowering fairy. It is just huddling in the corner, trying its hardest just not to be seen and not acknowledging you in any way. Oh my god, it's a little guy. Yeah. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, like, carefully and, like, gently, like, not, so I, so I don't scare it, approach him. Okay. Alright, you, you gently step on up. Do you, like, get his, get his attention or interact with him or anything? I mean, he's, he hasn't run, so it, well, it, you don't know, but, uh, you have, you have come all up on this huddling figure and it has not yet absconded. You, like, okay. (laughs) That's not an answer. Cower, cower. Poke him very, very gently. Barf! No. Um, <laughs> poke it very gently, and it uh, it does a tiny <laughs> and just and just cowers and curls back up into a a tinier ball. And you just hear a tiny, high speed, rapid fire stream of pleading nonsense. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Slow. I'm not gonna hurt you. Uh, upon hearing this, it uh, it turns its face just just a little bit, and tears streaming down a tiny tiny face. Um, oh. It turns to you and says, <laughs> "Say it two more times." I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna hurt you. It relaxes considerably, not entirely, but considerably. Um, its its hair and antennae and wings. Um, easing the tension that had been omnipresent in them. And indeed, its little wings reach forward and start to wipe the tears from its eyes a little bit. It uh, it stands up and tries to straighten up its outfit a little, and you see that it is, in fact, just a tiny little dewdrop fairy, like on the order of, uh, of Toot Toot. Um, it faces you and says, Who are you, giant traveler? Uh, my name is Fiona P. Quirk. This is my dubiously platonic friend, Pierogi Dalai Lama. Hi. Ah! She's not going to hurt you either. What's she doing here? She's not one of us. She's uh, researching stuff. Do you, do you vouch for her? Do you offer her our hospitality? Yes. Okay. Well, in that case, she, um... A little critter turns to Pierogi Dalai Lama and says, Welcome to what remains of the Autumn Court of Fairy. Jesus. No, he's not here. (laughs) No, no, I I would not think for a moment that he would be. (laughs) He took one look at what happened and decided that he was going to try again another time. He said something about no no souls to save. I don't know. Wow. That's kind of rude. What brings you back here after all this time? Um, well, shit's going down in our world, and we think it has something to do with whatever's going on here. Like, there, things here are so bad that it's kind of leaking over into the other world. As soon as you say, our world, the little critter's face gets very confused. He says, well, but you're one of us. 
Yeah, but I haven't lived here for a long time. Uh, it looks really, really, really confused at all of this. It says, oh, time! Yeah, I never, yeah. I never could figure out how that worked. It's confusing. I just roll with it. Okay, so were you here for the war? Nope. Did you leave before or after the war? I have no idea. Okay. Well, what are you doing here? Trying to figure out what is happening here. All right. Well, there's only really one thing left to see here, and I guess I can show you. And uh, he walks up and offers a little, little tiny hand. Little, little itty-bitty gripper. <laughs> says, hello, my name is Jonquil. Hi, uh, I'm Fiona. I offer him my pinky. Well met. Shake, 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 shake. And uh, well met to you too, human. May you find our lands pleasurable? I don't know, you guys have weird standards. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Alright, so, Jonquil, uh, lead the way. What the hell happened here? What war? What the... What are you talking about? I'll explain along the way everything that I know anyway. I'm just a little guy. They don't tell me anything. They just told me to fight or run, so I ran. And Jonquil leads you out of this building and through the ruins of this dead city, uh, which looks to have been once prosperous. You see concert halls. You see uh, buildings of government. You see just, just all the signs of a well-cultured civilization. That, so... Again, I'm really not good at time stuff. All I know is that the harvest moon there, and he, he gestures to the giant moon on the horizon, there was someone fighting over that or fighting against it. And all I know is that I was an autumn fae, and so they told me that I had to protect it. But I'm just a little guy. And wandering through, you see that still this place is just littered with absolutely dozens of corpses. And Fiona, your fairy radar is getting hits left, right, upside down, and sideways. Um, and you can sort of taste the auras and natures that still remain on these corpses. And there are, the overwhelming majority of them seem to be autumn fae, much like yourself. And there are not a few spring fae. There are some um, summer and winter, you know, the major courts interspersed in there. And the ones from the summer and winter courts tend to be the larger and more powerful specimens uh, with strange and savage weapons. But they're as dead as anybody else. So who knows? Um, a thick mist suffuses the area... And it only begins to become more and more dense as you approach what looks to be the center of of the city. When the invaders came, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to fight. I didn't know who I could trust anymore. And, like, like you know, our people aren't great at trust to begin with. Yeah. Everything changes or doesn't change, but that's part of a plan. 
And I'm not very good at plans either, so I just did what everybody told me to, and I hoped it would work out for the best. And you reach the center of the city, and it has become apparent that this moon is not in the sky. That this is a giant globe of pale, creamy, golden yellow light uh, that is, in fact, sitting on a pedestal in the center of town. I don't know who we were fighting. I don't know if we won or if we lost. All I know is that I can't feel the harvest moon anymore. And as you finally reach the base of the pedestal, you see that the entire circumference has been outlined in what you recognize as the same diagram that you've been seeing everywhere. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah, um, it is... The lines are built of a shifting, thick, silvery mist, even thicker than that already suffusing the area, and it is uh, slowly turning. As you approach, you feel a palpable sense of power rebuffing you. Um, and the flavor of it is identical to uh, all of the power you felt before with anything regarding January Oleander or Joel Heck or any of those cats that you first felt uh, back in Shea Preston all those however long ago that was in World Ago. Well, this is fucking terrifying. What's up? Yeah, little dude, do you know what these markings mean? Well, I know some of the people who were here fighting were wearing this symbol. And indeed, as you as you look around, you notice uh, that some of the corpses around have this on their breastplate or like on their foreheads or in other easily recognizable area areas. They were trying to get here, and I don't know if they were trying to protect the moon or to destroy it or what. All I know is that after the fighting died down, these funny lines were here, and I can't get past them, and I can't feel the moon anymore. And Jonquil just goes up and puts a tiny, tiny hand uh, right at the very edge of the barrier formed by the circle. And a little a little outline of gray power forms itself around his hand in the air and says, This place doesn't feel like home anymore. Um, am I able to get past the barrier? Are you asking me or Junkle? I'm asking you. Okay, uh, you can certainly try. Uh, step on up try. to that. All right, and describe to me how P.F. Chang, sometime fairy of the Autumn Court and barista, uh, would attempt to broach this magical barrier. I'm just going to run right at it. <laughs> I have always valued your level of self-knowledge, Jackie. <laughs> 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 All right, P.F. Chang gets, uh, gets a great big run-up. She measures it very carefully, and uh, taking into account how much harder she'll have to run once she hits the steps that lead up to the dais, and just goes, boomf, and uh, is rebuffed soundly. And unlike when you uh, took a swan dive off of that uh, pride rock earlier, this hurts like a son of a bitch. Ow. Yeah, I tried that a few times, too. This was a terrible idea. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it was a real good idea. I mean, I wasn't... Anything. I wasn't, 
I wasn't going to stop you because I'm not the boss of you, but yeah. And uh, Progi Dalai Lama goes up and examines some of the some of the inscriptions there. She says, "So, little fairy buddy, you 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 don't know anything? No, they didn't tell me anything. Nobody pays attention to the dewdrop fairies. All I know is that afterwards, almost everybody was dead." The only people left were those ones with the funny markings on, and they went around stuffing all of us little guys into jars and bags and stuff. So I just ran and hid. Oh, that's fair. That's reasonable. Well, holy shit. I mean, here I am in the autumn court, and everybody's dead. P.F. Chang, this is weird. Yeah, why were they kidnapping smaller fairies? Jonquil just does a, a little bitty shrug. Of terror and sadness. I don't know. But all I know is. I was in a jar once for a couple hundred years. And I did not like it very much. So yeah, I didn't want no. to be in a jar anymore. Do you guys think you can do anything to help? I miss the moon. We're gonna try. Okay. Is there anything I can do to help you guys? Pierogi Dalai Lama looks at you like. Fucking. I don't know man. Uh. Well, like, there's no reason for you to stay here all alone. Like, do you want to come with us? Can, Can we, we do that? Well, I, like, look, I mean, if this moon was, like, their thing and they're cut off from it, like, what's keeping them here? He could use our moon, I guess. Jonquil, we've got a moon we're not using. Do you want to, do you want to come, come and hang out with us in our moon? Well, and he looks, he looks nervously back at the moon. Like, well, I, Okay. Do you think I'll ever be able to see my moon again? Miss Fiona? Sure. We're going to do our best. Okay. All right, then I'm going to come with you guys. And he 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 just does a little flip sparkle sparkle up onto uh your shoulder, Fiona. All right. So where are we going? <laughs> All right. I guess we should get the hell out of here. This place has given me the creeps. Uh PF Chang, anything else you think we should do here? Little dude, have you ever heard of someone called Mother Harvest? <laughs> and he immediately just goes, zoom, hide again. Just like under a, a rubble. That's not an answer. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he peeks out a little bit and he, and he says, She used to be so nice. She used to be our friend. She'd come and she'd bring gifts and she'd sing songs and she'd call down the moon and we would dance and dance and dance. But after what happened to the moon, after we couldn't feel the moon anymore, she started to go a little funny. And, I mean, we're fairies, so we were already a little funny to begin with. So nobody thought anything of it until she went batshit crazy, I guess. All I know is she tore around the court looking for something, and she didn't leave until until Mr. Shadow came. Who in the hell is Mr. Shadow? <laughs> Tiny shiver shake. He's a bad man, and he looks like he's made of clouds. Yeah, that sounds like someone named Mr. Shadow, all right. Where did he come from? He came out of the sky, and he talked to Mother Harvest, and I couldn't hear what they said because I was hiding. But he calmed her down, and he did some 
some kind of magic involving a handshake and she she knelt down in front of him and he touched her shoulders with a sword so i don't i don't know okay if you guys are leaving i think i'd like to leave here too yeah let's boogie the hell out of here okay all right you guys uh book it back to um the leap and step inside the confines of the go there circle uh, you guys hear Desmond on your speakeasy saying, Are you guys ready to come on back? Yeah, I, is the little guy going to be a problem? Can you bring I, him back too? Desmond, we've picked up a uh, hitchhiker. Do you think that there's uh, one extra seat in this jalopy? Says, yeah, I think I could uh, handle one more. And you hear a knuckle cracking of an excited <laughs> of an excited nature. He says, Doobity doop 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 calculations. Compile. And uh, and the world goes uh, battle transition screen all around you again until the lab uh, is once again what you see. Uh, Junkwall is looking around with amazement and then just barfs all over your shoulder. Great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even remember when I ate corn. That's Ugh. fine. I'll just, I, I just take the whole shirt off and give it to him. Did you give it? Did you give yeah. it to Jonquil? This is yours now. Ah, oh, he's got a shirt. Okay, a shirt that's way too big for him. Oh, he's got a tent. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, so Desmond comes over and says, "You guys picked up a little friend there, huh? Does he have uh, immigration papers?" Or uh, Desmond, why don't we just um? Keep this on the DL for the moment, and we can uh, worry about the paperwork later. How's that sound, uh, buddy? Okay, I, I got his paperwork right here, and I hand him a piece of paper that says, I do what I want. <laughs> well, this uh, this appears to be in order. So <laughs> he hands it back, and he says, Welcome to the Prime Material Plane. I am Desmond Yonwood. And he holds out his hand, and Junkwell is a little bit scurred, but still grabs it and goes shake, shake, and says, I'm Junkwell. Alright, so are you guys going to check out any of these other locations? And, uh, Progi Dalai Lama says, I mean, I guess that makes sense. We gotta see what happened at these points. Are you up for another jump? Yeah, sure. Jonquil, do you want to come with us, or do you want to chill here? Um, I think I feel safe with you guys for right now. Alright, let me get another shirt and you can come with us. Okay, that's fair. Um, I'll I'll hang out here with uh with with giant pierogi, and uh, he hops onto her shoulder, and they begin to chat animatedly about sand. So you um head to your. <laughs> well, she's an arcano geographist, and there's uh, I mean, fairy sand is very different. You head to your 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 compartment, your cell, your quarters is the word I was looking for. And uh, and you find um, a shirt of your liking. Uh, is there anything you want to do before you head back to the lab? Um, no, I think I'm good. Okay, uh, you get some you get some cross frequency speakeasy uh, interference, and you uh, you just hear Rowan and Solomon yelling about something, <laughs> something about a bet, and uh, well, it's. It's Rowan, so there's a lot of yelling in any case, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, you head back down, 
and the go there circle has already been trained to a new location. Um, so, all right, are you guys ready to go? And uh, Progi Dalai Lama and Junkwil are already in the circle. I hop in with them and ask, where are we going this time? Well, the next location on the diagram there that uh, Miss Piroa Dalma then gave me, it uh, looks like it's uh, like a mile outside the country club. So, like, the forest? I hope you guys like the forest. I do. Yeah, I'm going cool the forest. Yeah, that's all right. All right, so he mashes the go there circle, transition screen, and you find yourself in a uh, beautiful, pristine Oregonian forest. It's real nice. He says, all right, I'm going to hit the leap. Everybody, hold on. And he hits the button, and again, uh, a purple firelight uh, suffuses the area, and you are transported into... One of the most lush and verdant places you have ever seen or heard of or imagined in your life. Uh, the sun is shining high in the sky. A couple of suns, actually. Um, and the foliage around you is practically screaming with life. Like, if you look at a tree long enough, you can see that the leaves are actually moving, not unlike sea anemone tentacles. Um, and this holds true of pretty much every living thing you see in the immediate area. Uh, the air is fresh and clean, and... I mean, even for a native Oregonian like yourself, Fiona, this is a level of healthy, hearty nature that is absolutely unprecedented in your experience. Whoa. This slice is pretty good. I might build a summer home here. This I might. Awesome. God. Yeah. I want to get a timeshare time in this joint. <laughs> All right. Um, Jonquil, this place might feel a little weird for you because... I mean, you're an autumn fae, right? And this place might not be aligned with that, so just, I don't know, be careful, I guess. Yeah, okay. It seems a little busy for me. Home yeah. seemed more peaceful. It's kind of loud here. Yeah, a, a little bit. And he, he looks at you and gives a little nod, and this understanding of, of the autumn fae passes between you. Yeah. Like, there's not, like, all this stuff is green. Where's the orange, right? There's got to be some orange. I mean, yeah, let's find some orange. Yeah, let's go find some orange. Okay. So you guys uh, wander out, and uh, much like before, it's a natural area where every every aspect of the area is an exaggerated and hyper-stylized and energy-infused version of something you could have seen in the Prime Material Plane. Uh, just reinforcing the fact that the Prime Material Plane and the Never Never are really reflections of each other rather than being two completely separate places. And your wandering brings you to a city that could be the sibling of the one uh, from when you from whence you just came. Again, if you want to think Rivendell for aesthetic, except yeah. uh, blues and greens and flowing water and fountains everywhere, open spaces, and uh, and basins full of jewels shining in the sunlight. And uh, once again, absolutely littered with corpses. Great. P.F. Chang? This I'm is not orange. I'm getting a 
real, real bad vibe here. Yeah. Like, what kills fairies but doesn't destroy them? This doesn't make any sense. Not anything good. No, nothing good at all. Bless you, Dylan. Excuse me. <laughs> A random sneeze just comes across the speakeasies. <laughs> it happens all the time. You leave your channel open. You yeah. just—it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Bless you gotta. Solomon. Thanks. <laughs> My face oh, don't hurts. worry. Oh, don't worry. I'm very interested in that Shut sneeze. Up. <laughs> How did you get this number? <laughs> oh, I love Reverend Stitch. I don't think Stitch. anybody high fived you. <laughs> I love Reverend Stitch, you guys. Anyway, all right. Uh, in this in this dead city, uh, water still flows. Life still seems to be abundant, and uh, making your way once again towards the center of the city, wading through piles of corpses of all size. And shape, uh, again, just piles of weapons and equipment and strange magical jewels and amulets all over the place. Uh, in the center of the city, in roughly the same place you found the Harvest Moon in the last city, uh, there is an absolutely enormous gushing, uh, geyser. A fountain that just burbles endlessly. Um, cascading down. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet high and looks like more water than any three oceans could use at a given time. And once again, the base of the dais upon which, from which rather, this um, emerges uh, is bound and inscripted in the same rotating uh, magical barrier diagram. I'm sensing a pattern Someone's trying to merge the worlds. It looks like someone's trying to merge the worlds. Alright, so that last place was the Autumn Court, right? Yeah. So I guess this must be spring? And uh, as you guys are standing there, a little a little uh, a little shape zips out toward you and it walks it runs on all fours but it's an incredibly delicate, beautiful, spindly shape that looks as though it's made of gossamer and 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 sunlight. Um, it it perks itself before you, and it's it's much bigger than Jonquil is. Um, it look it probably comes about knee high to Fiona, maybe. And it looks not unlike a praying mantis, um, except it's blue. And green, uh, full of all the iridescent rainbow colors of the world. And it, it basically a human mantis with fairy elements and all. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it, uh, it comes up and it preens itself just a little bit in, in an extremely delicate. Everything about this creature is very precise and, and fine and delicate. And it looks up at you with its, with its multifaceted eyes, its head twitching, twitching, twitching. And it says, Hey, what are you guys doing here? Fuck. What the fuck is not an answer? What are you doing in my land? We're here to see why everyone is dead. Everybody's dead because I killed them. And it gestures gestures to itself. You can doubt whatever you want. You can ask one of the dead guys. What are they going to tell you? Oh, I'm dead. Prove it. Hey, dead guy. Who killed you? 
Oh no, I'm dead. He holds up a little blade to his face so you don't see him saying it. Brisbane killed me because he is the biggest and baddest. Hey, Perot, do you think I can kick this guy in I my mean, astral form? I, it's, it's really very definitely worth a shot. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to punt him. Okay. Uh, give me, how are you going to do this? Is this fast? Is this strong? Yeah, I'm going to okay. do quick. Give me a roll. Swift kick to his physiology. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A swift <laughs> kick to the mantis. Mantis gonads. <laughs> Mantis gonads. Alright, give me that roll, girl. Uh, I got a four. Okay. And, uh, he, despite having a very good quick, uh, actually does not meet that. He makes to juke in just the opposite direction of your <laughs> kick, but, but ends up going, like, right into it. <laughs> He's just like, you're never gonna hit me, I'm the- poof. And, uh, you kick him. He goes sailing, uh, and looks like he would be falling into the enormous geyser just in front of you guys, except he rebounds off of the magical barrier that's in place, uh, with a resounding pong of magical energy. And he, he flumps back down in front of you and he says, ha 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 ha, you say that now. <laughs> All right. So. I may have exaggerated about the Moitas. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Did he just tap your aspect? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't I didn't kill none none of these folks. Do you know who did? There was a lot of confusion. I remember that the big fairies they was talking about like some kind of war, and I was like, that's great, I gotta find me a Goyle who's not gonna tear my head off after we get too poisonal. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, you ladies know what I'm saying. So, I had other concerns at the time. Now, before I know it, this place is overwhelmed with folks killing each other. It's a real bad scene. So I just hid out on the ground for a while, waited for things to cool off, and now, I'm the boss of this town. By means of being the only person in this town? Yeah. Well, I think I'm the boss now because I just kicked your mantis gonads. Oh, damn it. Oh, a coup! There's been a coup! And he does this... I am the ruler of the spring court now. Oh, good, yep. Everyone. Rowan, you're speak easy. Exactly, Rowan. You feel a horrible surge of awful, awful energy go through you. (laughs) All right. Um, so the the little the little mantis guy stands there and he says, "All right, all right. What is your first order of business as new ruler of the Spring Court?" Uh, I want an apple. All right, and he he scuttles off and uh, scuttles back. And in each of his respective uh, claw grippers, he's got a red apple, a green apple, a blue apple, and uh, an apple. And a pineapple. <laughs> I want the blue apple. Okay, right. the blue apple is pretty dope. All right, awesome. All right, um, while you're munching on your apple, pierogi Dalai Lama says, "All right, Brisbane. Um, hi, uh, P- uh, Perodama, human. What's up? Uh, so, like after this war, she looks at Jonquil. Was there 
some kind of harvest of the wee folk? Yeah, how'd you know? Some goons came along and started scooping people into jars and nets and stuff. And by that point, the prince had already gone off I know not where. So there was nobody left to look out for me, and I just hid. Huh. Well, holy shit, what, prince? Yeah, the spring prince. She turns to uh Junkle real quick. Says, Junkle, was there, was there a prince of autumn? Well, yeah, but he was killed in the war. Oh God! What happened to What happened to the prince here, Brisbane? Well, yeah, he was killed too. The Autumn Prince was his son, and they were trying to defend each other. They both died. It was real sad, and there was nobody left to look out for us. She turns to you, Fiona. Was there some kind of civil war in Fairy? Not when I was there. Okay, this doesn't make any sense, because, like, the power plays between the summer and winter courts... Yes, I'll take a beverage. Thank you. Sip, sip. Delicious. The power plays between the summer and winter court, like, that's normal stuff. That's just, like, how they roll. But It's never gotten to this point, though. No, this is completely unprecedented. Wholesale slaughter of an entire court? And rounding up the wee folk? This doesn't make any sense. Okay, so... Brisbane, I assume that... The the bad guys, the guys who ended up collecting people, they came and they 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 cordoned off this. What what is this here? Oh, that that's the spring fountainhead. Yeah, that. So they just sealed that up. Yeah, they just they 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 did some magics. I didn't see. And then this jamoke looks like he's made of smoke coming in here, and he just like he owns the place, which he does not, by the way. The, the, the prince. Well, you do now. Yeah. So I don't know what that jerk thinks he's doing. And he just comes in here and he gets the huntress all riled up. And she goes on some kind of rip tear and then disappears off into the forest and never I did see her again. Now, I don't know when this was because I'm not real good with time, but it couldn't have been too terribly long ago. I don't know, like 100 years. Okay. This is weird. Uh, Brisbane, do you want to come hang out with us, or are you good here? Are you kidding? I'm the lord of all creation here. No, you're not. She is. Well, okay. Then I pledge myself to you, new queen of spring. And he makes a very graceful bowing motion with his claw snappers. says, may I accompany you to protect you through your realm? Yes. Outstanding. And he, um, he enters battle posture. Right in front of you guys, like he's ready to take on any comers. Fun, uh, cute fact about mantises: when they enter their bottle battle posture, as Casey says, they kind of wiggle back and forth, <laughs> like like they're dancing at you or something. It's really cute and not <laughs> at all threatening. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's where that's where uh, Punchy McHugh studied. It was mantis style. What? what, what? What's up? You want to go? You want to dance? <laughs> Want to dance? You want to sit under the electric blanket with Moses Maimonides and Gary? <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, congratulations, you've collected another little fairy. Okay, well, this place seems super dead. And so, Brisbane, after this was, after this thing was put up, presumably you couldn't, let me guess, you, you couldn't feel the, the spring fountainhead anymore? Yeah, it was terrible. It was like one of my snappers had been cut off. And also didn't grow back. It was real bad. And I feel bad like a lot of the time now. I can't talk about it because I'm a big strong man. But like I'm sad like all the time. 
Well, we can probably find a fountain or some shit for you in our world. You are a wise and competent leader. I know. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, if there's nothing else to do, let's get the fuck out of here. These dead worlds are creeping me out. Alright, anything else you want to do, P.F. Chang? Um... I'm going to grab a bunch more of those blue apples and bring them back with me, but other than that, I'm Hell gonna... yeah, going to seed the prime material plane with fairy fruit. Okay, Casey, that's not going to work. It's not Why not? The second the apples come into the real world, they'll turn into ectoplasm. And... Yeah, I guess oh, you're not uh, wrong. They don't have any invigorating essence in them like Brisbane then and Then I just eat them all right now. Fair enough, and they'll turn into ectoplasm in your tummy. Cool. Okay, cool. So you guys head back. Um, to the leap and then to the go there circle. I want to make a bunch of quantum leap jokes, but I don't have any knowledge of that show. So feel free to supply your own, listener. I have a question about the ectoplasm rules. What's up, homie? Maybe isn't terribly relevant to our show, but, uh, if, like, if you ate an apple and waited an hour in Fae, and that apple digests, right? Mm-hmm. So then it has broken down into whatever an apple breaks down into in your in your tummy tum and then mm-hmm. gets absorbed into the cells in your body and carried away by blood whatever. Like sure. what um like when you leave are you just absent of those nutrients or like like how far removed does it become like once it becomes part of you is it okay? I don't well, I'm not well, sure it's ter- like I said, then, it's not terribly relevant, but does right. ectoplasm have nutritional value? And that's really the question we're asking here. It is. Uh, yeah. And how does hmm. nutritional value compare to that of a blue apple? Yeah, off the top of my old dome piece, I would be inclined to say that yes, Dylan, it would immediately turn back into ectoplasm, which is not in and of itself a substance, but merely a side effect of the presence of spiritual energy on the prime material plane. It's like, but it's turning it's back like a, inside like of your cells. So what does that do right. you? <laughs> What'd you say, Jackie? It's like Splenda. It is. I think that's there, but it has no nutritional value, and it's basically just a useless thing clogging up your system now. Exactly. So it's actually, like, really bad for you. Probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's about as bad for you as Splenda. You know, if you don't eat, like, gallons of Splenda at a time, you're fine. Sure. That's true. So that's what I would think. I could be wrong. Jim Butcher would know. I don't. Man, that guy's cool. Anyway, um, so, yeah, you guys hoof it back to the leap and the go there circle and wind up back in the lab. And Desmond, upon seeing Brisbane, just freaks out. Like, you guys can't keep bringing tiny monsters back into my lab. I hand him another piece of paper that says, I do what I want. (laughs) Damn, this checks out fine. (laughs) welcome to the WC and Brisbane's like yeah I'm part of a majesty's entourage (laughs) yeah I'm a queen now Desmond oh my well I think we can get you a pay upgrade for that yeah so I have a question what's up just clarified Jackie knows I'm the prince of the spring court right the rightful heir to the spring court I do whether Fiona does or not No does Fiona it's... know that's what I want to know does Fiona know I don't cuz there so. have been times when no cuz the first episode I 
I I used my last son of spring on the fucking tiny folk in her in her coffee shop <laughs> to make it clear that I'm a fucking prince of the spring court. Oh, then she just doesn't care. Is that is that really <laughs> what she just doesn't care? Yeah, also, I mean you're not there. And I I kicked the current ruler in the Mantis Gonad, so I mean What were you gonna say, Casey? <laughs> Well, I was going to say, Thony, that's an important point that I don't think we've ever really clarified because we want Rowan's past to remain somewhat mysterious until such time as we need it clarified. Um, Denmark J. Cat! Celebrated local cat Denmark J. Cat is making an appearance. Um, Thony, is Rowan a prince of the Spring Court or the prince? I had been under the assumption that he was a prince, like he was one of the nobility and such, but no, not like... Because the... my aspect is the last son... Of spring, right, which would automatically kick him up the ranking some. So it's not like he was born for the throne, but by dint of being the last. So, so I know I talked about his backstory a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I said it on an episode in an episode or to you guys before we recorded an episode. Um, uh, but the backstory is that his mom escaped during the Civil War. Uh, they gave birth to him so she would have a scion in case she did die. Right. Uh, so that's so she probably did have sons, whatever. Okay. Uh, but, they may have died, I don't know. But okay. he so is Rowan, whatever's left. Yeah, so Rowan is a prince of spring, but probably not the one to which Brisbane was just referring, not the capital. No, people. yeah, and I knew that. That's not that's not my question is, Jackie's calling herself the rightful queen of the Spring Court, and I'm like, is she aware that I'm royalty or not? I mean, it's like Fiona to just say, yep, this is mine now. Yeah, that's but, what I'm going to say. Even even if she is aware, she'd do it just for the lulls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are back, and uh, Desmond looks at you guys and says, you guys seem real shaken up. Like, what's... What's going on, you guys? Is there something I should be worried about? Dead people. Dead people? All over the place. Everywhere. Yeah, Desmond, um, there's some bad stuff going down, or that has already gone down. Well, I mean, you can handle bad stuff, Barola. No, no, this isn't like that. This is, this is different. Um, this isn't just something that Wake and I are gonna be able to clean up in the space of a week or so. This... I don't know, man. Um, we need more data. Can you set the go there circle for the last node on the diagram? Oh yeah, no problem. I've got it preloaded here in my queue. And he uh does some fiddle faddle over there. Says, All right, the final uh node on the what's this here appears to be a graveyard. Isn't that nice? Great. More dead people by default. <laughs> And uh, Brisbane down there is like, I'll defend my queen from any dead fools what come step into her shoes. And Jonquil um, continues to just be terrified, but glad that he's, you know, no longer actively alone in a dead city. (laughs) All right, let's, uh, I guess let's do this. We got spring, we got autumn, we got uh, science. Let's see what waits on the other side of ferry here. All right, Desmond, hit the thing. All right, three, two, one, go there. 
and he hits the button. And battle transition screen. And you guys, it is in fact a spooky, ooky graveyard. Not a for reals graveyard, which would of course be meticulously maintained and lovingly cared for. But this is like a silly symphony's graveyard full of skeletal trees and broken headstones and such like and looks to have been abandoned uh some time ago okay this i mean this bodes um desmond i guess you can just go ahead and do the thing all right he hits the other button the purple fairy fire once again for the third time uh goes and the world around you is instantly consumed by thick, flowing mist, the kind that you have come to recognize by now, certainly. Um, there is no visible structure around you. There's, there's no um, wildlife, no trees, no graves, anything mirroring anything you had seen in, in the real-world area. Um, there is, however a path leading off into the shifting, flowing twilight. That's great. I feel like good sense would say go the opposite way of that path, but I also feel like we kind of have to follow that path. I, I mean, we gotta, yeah. Um, man, I do not feel good about this. No, I don't really want to want to go there, but... Uh, Fiona, of course, your fairy radar is just lighten up all over the place with the particular flavor of magical energy that you've come to expect from dealing with anything related to the throne of mists. Like it is filling your magic sinuses. Like, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's go, I guess. And you guys take off down the pathway all around you in the mist are darting shapes and fleeting shadows, echoes coming seemingly from nowhere with no original sound fading out just as you hear them, just enough to turn your head and realize there's nothing there. A dozen times you guys feel as though you hear footsteps behind you, but just when you stop to look, only silence. Jonquil is uh, actually riding Brisbane like a horsey. It's pretty cute. (laughs) It's pretty cute. But they're both actually clearly terrified um, and kind of walking along the ground between you guys for protection. Uh, Pierogi Dalai Lama, as she's been doing this entire time, is taking just page after page of notes in her notebook, um, trying to parse just what this place could be or what connection it has to the other two. Because one thing both of you know for certain, this is definitely not the summer court and it's definitely not the winter court. So this path leads you to a large square uh, courtyard, which is the only place you've seen in this location that is completely free of mist. The mist stops right at the edge of the square. And so there's this prism of clear space just completely surrounded by shifting, swirling fog. Um, Lights moving sometimes through it, suggesting a lantern being carried or torches or suggesting a bonfire off in the darkness, but never staying long enough to really get a good look at them. 
Um, as you approach, it is clear that this courtyard serves only one purpose, and that is to hold a mausoleum that rests at the center. Great. Fiona, Fiona I got a real bad feeling about this. Yeah. Yeah. Mausoleums typically aren't good news. I mean, do you guys know anything about this? And she turns down to Jonquil and Brisbane. Both of them are clinging to each other in terror, and they say, No, I don't. I, I don't know anything. I mean, I know everything, obviously, but this uh, must fall outside the realm of everything because, no, I don't know it. All right. Well, I mean, we've come this far. I guess we might as well. Um, she reaches down and, and takes your hand in solidarity. Not in fear, but in solidarity. Yeah. And, uh, sure. And you guys walk up the steps to the dais, and uh, this is the only monument you guys have seen so far that does not have the swirling array um, uh, set around it in a rotating fashion. It is just a simple building hewn from stone, um, a dark and mournful stone like granite without its shine or soul. And inscribed on the door uh, in a fairy script that only you, Fiona, can read because those two are kind of illiterate dum-dums and uh, pierogi dolly wow. level. Well, I mean, they're low on the social totem pole in their respective societies. Yeah. And literacy isn't something that a lot of fairies have a use for anyway. That's true, I guess. Yeah, and Pierogi Dalai Lama, of course, doesn't read fairy. So she's like, do you, do you know what that says? Um, you, you can go up there and clearly inscribed on the sealed door to this mausoleum uh, reads, Here lies Dove, Prince of Autumn. Son of Oberon and Titania, consort to Mab, last union of the fairy courts, and last hope for us all. And we'll find out what happens next time on semi Auto Magic Inc. Woohoo! Ooh! Fancy. Yeah. Thanks for listening, all our buddies. Thanks for joining us for an exposition episode, everybody. We'll do some stuff next time, I promise. We love you all. Find us all on Facebook and Twitter and the Tumbleface space and all kinds of things. And we love to think what you hear and the other thing that I meant to say. Uh, we love you all and have a great two weeks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. <clears throat>